You're listening to the Culture of Blessings podcast with Jay Shep, where we give you insight and inspiration to help you live the best life possible. Thank you for tuning in. What's good, my friends? It's Jay Shep. I'm back again with the Culture of Blessings podcast. I've been gone away way too long. It's been way too long, but I'm back I'm refocused, I'm regathered, I'm renewed, and just here to offer some insight, some inspiration, some motivation to your day. This has been an amazing year. I can't even lie. Um, Since the last time I spoke to you guys, I have been on several trips. And one trip I took this summer was to Costa Rica, my wife and I had the opportunity to take our kids to Costa Rica for nine days. And we basically stayed in the jungle. It was uh, an amazing experience. And it wasn't my first time being out of the country or being in a you know, different environment. But this was the first time that we stayed really in the midst of the locals. We had the opportunity to just really immerse ourselves in the culture, in the food, in the um, the nature. And if you've never been to Costa Rica, I believe that's one of the places that you must see. Like you really must see Costa Rica um, like before you leave this earth. I, I really feel like that's such a place that's so unique and the agriculture there, the people there. It's so unique, like the people there, they're so friendly and they want you to speak the language and they're not going to let up. They're not going to relent on you learning to speak the language like we would be in a store and we'd want some, I don't know, let's say peanut butter or what have you. And they're going to tell you how to say whatever word in their own dialect of Spanish. And they're going to make sure that you walk away knowing what that uh, word is. And they also have a saying over there, uh, Pura Vida. And that's really one of their sayings that they have that's about living and enjoying life. And so. Costa Rica was such a unique experience. My children had a great time as they were in their camp. And my wife and I had a great chance to to reconnect and just kind of look at where we are in life. And, you know, being able to see volcanoes, being able to rub the volcanic mud on us and just the feeling of being in a waterfall it was so refreshing it was so renewing and this is this is something that i truly feel like more people should really just start creating a vision of they want, of what they want to see and you know i'm just kind of going off the top of my head right now i don't really have a lot of notes or anything in front of me because i just wanted to to turn the mic on and just start sharing with you guys what it means to create a vision and so the trip to costa rica for us 
was about us having a vision to do it. There was a person that's a good friend of my wife that told her about the trip and my wife mentioned it to me. And at first it was just like a passing thought. And I was like, oh, okay. Then she mentioned it again. And then it got more into my mind. It got more into my spirit. It got more into my thoughts. And she asked, do you think we can do it? Do you want to do it? And I said, yeah, let's do it. And then there was a time where we were not going to. We had decided to go. Then we said we're not going to do it. And, you know, for various reasons. And, you know, when you have things come up and you're looking at your finances and you're looking at what you want to do versus, quote unquote, what you have to do or need to do. It can be very challenging in your mind. But we made the decision that us going was bigger than us being able to, quote unquote, afford it. We felt like we couldn't afford not to do it because of the experience that it would gain for us as a family, um, for our children, for us as a couple, for what we believe that we were supposed to see. And it came with us creating a vision. It came with us having the vision in mind of what we wanted to get out of it. And so I guess today I really want to share with you guys like the importance of vision. And the more and more I dive into this realm of personal development, life coaching, motivational speaking, ministry, music, whatever it is that I put my hands to do. The common thread is you got to create a vision for something. You got to create something that is much bigger than you, that it may seem impossible to attain. And then you got to reach for it. You got to go for it. You got to push for it. And I said earlier this year, this year was about pushing the limits. And so us going, taking a trip to a place where we've never been and staying pretty much in the jungle, in a in a home, in a jungle was something that we'd never done before. And that was pushing the limits of our mind. You know, we're used to going on vacation and staying in a hotel, having a maid service and eating at restaurants and things of that nature. But this time we stayed in in the midst of where locals stay we had to go and buy our food and cook our food and we there were some areas where we kind of had to rough it there was no television um, there was nothing of the sort there that would uh, keep us occupied in our time in our in our senses that we usually have when we're on vacation so we had to create our own fun we had to play games board games and and read books which was definitely a rewarding time to reconnect with the family but i want to get back to this idea of vision vision is probably the most key thing that we're going to have in our lives if you don't have a vision you're probably never going to know where you want to go, where you want to be. Where do you want to work? What is your desire? What is your purpose? What is your potential? 
if you don't lock in a vision, you're going to have a very difficult time navigating this thing called life. Imagine if you will, a pilot gets into a plane and they don't know where they're going and they just get in a plane and they take off in a plane with no destination in sight. They don't know how much fuel they're supposed to use. They don't know how many miles they're going. They don't know if they're going north, south, east, or west. That would be very strange, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be strange to go to an airport and you just buy a ticket and the ticket says destination TBA? (laughs) I wouldn't sign up for that flight. Because what if the pilot says, I don't know where we're going. We're just going to get in and we're just going to go wherever the plane takes us. We're just going to go there. And I believe that some people are like that in life. Oh, whatever happens, happens. Or I'll just apply for this job and see what happens. Or I'll just go to this school. I won't pick a major. I won't pick a lane. I won't pick what I really, really want. I won't even take the time to think about what it is that I really, really want. So if you refuse to create a vision for your life, you are the same thing as a pilot going to a a destination that's TBA. See, the airport would never allow that. Airlines would never have an airline that says a, a destination is TBA. That wouldn't even make sense. What if you went on a cruise and and the, the, the person that's steering the boat, the captain says all aboard on the cruise. And we say, well, where are we going? And the, and the captain says, I'm not sure whichever way the current takes us is where we're going to go. I wouldn't get on that boat because now you would be stuck in a sea of uncharted waters where you're not sure where you're going and the person navigating doesn't know where they're going. So the issue in life is having vision because you're never going to end up in a place where you desire to be unless you create a vision for your life. So I thought about this. The greatest example of creating a vision came in the book of Genesis, the first chapter. That's right. The very, very first scripture in the Bible, in the first book, Genesis one and one, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning. So I thought about this. What if there was a scripture before Genesis one and one? What would that look like? I think it would. It may read like this. Before the beginning, God had a vision of what he wanted heaven and earth to look like before the beginning. Then in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God did not create the heavens and the earth without a vision, without him knowing what he wanted it to look like. So if we want to really get into a place where we are creating a vision and we want to create something big and massive, 
look no further than Genesis one and one. So inside of creating a vision, that word vision, creation has to come with vision. We have to become massively creative. We have to start using our creativity. We have to start using our imagination. We have to begin to close our eyes and see the thing that we want to see even before we begin the process of getting there. So that pilot that's leaving Los Angeles and is flying to Hawaii already has the visual of where Hawaii is before he gets there. He can put it in his GPS and he knows I have to fly west to get to Hawaii from Los Angeles. He knows if he starts going east, he's going to head towards New York. He's going to start heading towards Atlanta or Phoenix. But if he heads west, he's going to have that success to hit Hawaii. So what is that thing that you have in your head? Do you have your GPS set? Do you have your vision set for where it is that you want to go? So we got to look at this. Everything in creation derived from God's vision. It derived from his plans, the, the things that he wanted to see. Everything that he wanted to see came to fruition. Every single thing. There's nothing that God wanted to see that didn't come to pass. And I've got amazing news for you. His biggest vision, his biggest plan was us. Me and you, the human species, was always the biggest plan of God and his vision of creation. It says this in the book of Genesis, the first chapter, the 26th through the 29th verse. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created us and he gave us a key word to lock in on. When he created you, he created me. He said, first of all, I want them to be like me. Now, what's interesting is that God created other beings, birds, cattle, fish, snakes, lizards. He created all those things, but he never said a bird is created in my likeness. He never said a flower is created in my likeness. He never gave them that. He never said a lion would have dominion over everyone in the earth. But when he created man, he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. What he's saying is, I want to make something that's like me, that can produce like me, that can have vision like me, that can create like me. That is literally my children. That's literally straight from me, straight from my thought process. I'm going to put them here on earth. And the thing that separates humans from animals or any other living organism is dominion. Dominion. So dominion is the power or the right of governing and controlling sovereign authority. It's a natural 
human instinct to have dominion. So I know some people may say, well, what do you mean dominion? How do, how do I have dominion? I got a boss and my boss tells me what to do. Well, my mom and my dad have dominion over me. I don't have dominion. I don't feel like I'm capable of even having dominion. That just doesn't sound right. Well, we have to understand, too, that dominion is not about having it over people. It's not about dominating people. It's not about hovering over people and telling people what to do. That's not dominion. Many times that's more or less an abuse of power. But dominion is a human right that was given to every single person that was born. Every single person that was born into this world has the human right of dominion to live, to create, to prosper. Every single person has dominion to live, to create and to prosper in any area that they are gifted in. You have dominion. Now, many people mistake dominion to mean that you have all power to do whatever it is that you want to do over people. No, what dominion is, is you have the right to become what you are supposed to be. The greatness that you are supposed to express is your dominion. What is your gift? I have a gift of being a speaker. So right now, even as I'm speaking, I have dominion in this area to speak and people listen and be changed and transformed through the words that I speak. Some of you all may have dominion in your singing voice or with your cooking or with your ability to create other businesses or with your ability to be an athlete. LeBron James has dominion on the basketball court. It exudes out of him. Antonio Brown has dominion on the football field. Tom Brady has dominion on the football field. Serena Williams has dominion on the tennis court. I'll, I could go on and on and on with people who have done extraordinary things, but it's not about the people who've done extraordinary things. It's about the people that we may consider ordinary. That person that, you know, we may not know their names. We may not. They may not be a superstar in the public eye, but that person has dominion. You ever met a person at a restaurant who may be serving tables and you see that they are the best server possible. They they make sure that they give you a one service. You know why that person is practicing their dominion in their service. That's what dominion is about. So here's God creating us in his image and his likeness to have dominion, to have this thing where we can govern our own lives and our own gifts to direct it to any end result that we desire to have. I'll say that again, that dominion gives us the right and the ability to direct our gifts and talents to any end result that we desire to have. So this is where vision comes in. So God gives us dominion. He gives us that ability. But what happens is many of us shrink our visions 
to what we can pay for. We shrink our visions to what many people say that we're capable of doing, but we're always capable of doing more. Many people shrink down their vision to what they've seen or they shrink it down to what's happened to them in their past. They shrink it down to their limitations. But we have to learn how to push our vision. I was very intrigued a few months ago and I heard this story actually a couple years ago, but it came back up again on ESPN. It's a story of a young man named Jake Olson. And it's not a very well-known story, but Jake Olson was a young man or is a young man that grew up in California. And when he was younger, when he was just a kid, he was diagnosed with a rare eye condition, which caused for him to go blind in one of his eyes. And so here he is a young kid, probably age five or six, blind in one eye, which in and of itself is a challenge. But many children are so resilient and it's hard to tell a child what they can't do, which is wonderful um, because he never once in this interview that, that I saw when he was a child, never once felt sorry for himself, even with what many were called a disability. So here's Jake with this degenerative eye condition that caused him to lose vision in one eye. But Jake fell in love with the game of football. And so here's Jake at age six going to his mom and his dad saying, hey, I want to play football. Now, you could imagine the mom or dad saying, well, I don't know. He's blind in one eye and you're our, you're our son and we don't want anything to happen to you. And, you know, and I honestly I have a son who's doesn't have any uh, health conditions that wants to play football. And I, I shudder at him playing football because I just don't know. But here's this young man with one eye saying, I want to play football. And his parents afforded him that opportunity. They didn't hold him back because Jake had a dream of playing football, even with vision in one eye. So Jake goes out and he plays football. He plays little league football and he he thrives at it. He thrives at his position. He loves to practice. He loves to play with his teammates. He loves to be out there in the game. He loves to be out there and make plays. And here he is excelling in this sport from age six. And here he goes up six and seven and eight and nine and 10 and 11. And then I believe right around age 12, he goes back to the doctor and the doctor says the same condition you had in your first eye it's come back and we're not going to be able to save the vision in your other eye. We can't save it. So think about how devastating that would be for any person. You lost vision in one eye and now they're saying you gotten used to the vision in one eye. You've gotten used to seeing you've gotten used to seeing your parents, your loved ones, your friends, your teammates, the sky, the flowers, the ocean, 
You've gotten used to being able to see things and take them in. And now here the doctor says we have to operate on you because this is not going to work anymore. And so here's Jake, you know, probably going through um, some emotional issues and challenges after the doctor said we have to take your vision, take your eyesight away from you. But he's still upbeat for a young man that's about to not be able to see anything with his physical eyes anymore. But Jake said, well, okay, if this is going to happen, I have a dream before you take my vision. I want to get out and meet the USC Trojans. Let me get out on the field and meet them. I want to go to their practice because I'm obsessed with USC. I'm obsessed with being a Trojan. I'm obsessed with the with Southern California football. That's what I want to see. That's my last wish before you take my eyesight away. And so they granted his wish. The camera crew followed him out to the USC practice. And at the time, Pete Carroll was the coach and the players all met up with them. And he took them through huddles. He took them um, through the, the team high five. And he saw everything at that last uh, night practice before they were going to take his eyesight away the next day. And I saw I watched him and I saw him just taking it all in. Taking it all in. Now, I want you to imagine this. Tomorrow, the doctor says, I have to take your vision away from you. I have to take your eyesight away from you. How would you feel? How would you feel? How would you live your life if you knew that you were going to live 80 more years, but you would never see again? I want you to think about that. That's what Jake was faced with at age 12. I'm going to live this long life, but I will never see again. So he's taking in all the visuals. He's taking in everything. He's taking in everything. And it was painful to watch him be rolled back there before his surgery as he embraced his parents, as he hugged his parents before the surgery. You know, you go under the surgery and they give you the anesthesia and you're going to go to sleep and you assume when you wake up, you can open your eyes. But Jake knew the last time he closed his eyes, he would never be able to open them to see again. What a frustrating feeling that must have been. But here's Jake, though. After his surgery, he says, well, take me back to this USC uh, practice field because I want to see these guys. I want to be around these guys. I want them to see me and I want to feel the energy of this football team around me. And they brought him back a few days after his surgery and they loved on him. They and they held on to him. And here's Jake a couple years later and he tells his parents, I still want to play football. I know I'm completely blind, but I still want to play. They're like, oh, man, you know, you playing with one eye was one thing. But now you can't see how how in the world are you going to do it? Here's Jake saying, I've got vision. (laughs) It's bigger than me. This is this is bigger than me. 
I want you to get this in your mind. Your vision has to become bigger than you. It has to be something that you have to do no matter what. They took his eyesight from him, but Jake never lost his vision. He never lost his vision because his vision was, it went beyond his eyesight. So his parents, they saw, we can't stop him. We can't stop him. We're not going to take this away from him. Because if we take this away from him, this may destroy him. This may kill him. We got to give him something to live for. And so here's Jake now walking on to these teams as a high school student playing football as a completely blind individual. Wow. Just think about that. The next time you want to complain about something, the next time my children complain about something, I will tell them, do you know that a blind man played football? Do you realize that a blind kid played football? Now, what's interesting about this story is that it didn't stop there. It didn't stop here. It didn't stop with high school. Like That's inspirational enough. But Jake said, I've got a dream to play for the USC Trojans. You know, the last thing I saw before I went under the knife was that jersey, was that maroon jersey, that maroon and gold jersey. I got to play <laughs> for the USC Trojans. I got to go to the Coliseum. I got to play. I want to be on that team. So Jake gets to college. He walks on. He tells the coach, hey, I'm Jake. I'm completely blind and I want to play. On your football team now imagine what that football coach was thinking what was going through his head you want to do what i want to play football for your team in fact i'm going to do it so the coach is saying you know what all right you got it it's bravery it's inspiration this is something that our team can pull from and Jake, last season, I believe, got the opportunity to go on the field as a long snapper, a long snapper and play to play in an actual division one college football game. Every time I think of that story, oh, my gosh, I get goosebumps. I get chills when I think about what's possible with our vision you got to learn how to create the vision that is so much bigger than you that it means something to somebody else the vision that god had for creating earth for creating man was bigger than him it was bigger than him god didn't just create it for him to have fun with God created it for us to be great and to replenish the earth our visions are supposed to replenish people our visions are supposed to complete people our visions are supposed to bring us wealth to help other people attain wealth it's not for us to get rich and hoard it to ourselves it's for us to obtain wealth and spread the wealth to others to show others that they too are wealthy that they too have great ability that they too are supposed to rise up and prosper so i want to call this part one of my vision series i want you to reflect on this story of jake olson 
how he created this vision, even in the midst of not having eyesight. So even as we begin this, this series, I want you to think about the visions that you may have let go, that you haven't held on to as tightly as you should have this year and how you can get them back. Oh yeah, we're gonna get our visions back. We're gonna push it this year. 2018 isn't over. 2019 is right around the corner and we are going to win. We're gonna thrive, we're gonna survive. Hey, listen, I'm glad you guys tuned in. And also want to let you guys know that I have a brand new book entitled 50 Days of Blessings, Biblical Affirmations to Help You Live a Blessed Life. I want you guys to order that book, go through that book. It's going to help you re-engineer the vision for your life and engineer massive blessings that you are designed to have. All right, guys. If you want to pick up that book, shoot me an email at jshep at therealjshep.com. So shoot me an email. I want to hear from you. I want you guys to order this book. And I will talk to you again next time here on the Culture of Blessings podcast. Peace and blessings. <laughs>